Hey guys, welcome to the Virtus Performance Podcast. This is week 26. We were lucky enough to sit down today with Daniel Atchison, one of my longest serving friends, and Edward Wisher of the Human Happiness Project and of Sales at Cadbury. And we were able to talk for for a little while about a bunch of random topics uh, that you know consisted of happiness. We spoke about the school system for about fifteen seconds at the end. We spoke mm. we spoke about I guess purpose a lot. Uh, we spoke about growth and mindfulness and gratitude and and the difference between motivation and discipline and and I guess why we all spend our time doing what we do and and why we're all so different and why accepting that we're also different is so important so this was a lot of fun for me this is the first one we've done without any questions to start off with and we've just kind of rolled with it and it's a bit of uh to to use the adventure fit radio podcast as a as a bit of a something to work off it's a bit of a shoot the shit let's see what happens let's see what we talk about so i really enjoyed it i hope you guys enjoy it if you did love it then let me know and i'll do a few more of this kind of podcast if you didn't love it stop listening now because you're going to hate the next like (laughs) hour and 40 minutes um but i hope you enjoy it if you do love the podcast and do enjoy the podcast please share it please subscribe and review and pump it up um and get it out there to the all of the social media so that we can start getting a few more people listening and watching if you want to watch a bunch of soundbars on youtube as it's always up there so info at vertusperformance.com if you want to email us www.vertusperformance.com if you want to have a look at what we do and why we do it uh, if you have any feedback please let us know please enjoy the podcast My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Boys, welcome to the podcast, week 26. How are we doing? Very well. Excellent. Good evening. Good to, uh, good to have you boys here. So we've got a ring in for the first time ever, Daniel Atchison. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> and we've got Ed Wisher back for round two after chatting to him very early on in the podcast. First of all, Daniel, introduce yourself to the people. Uh, my name's... Daniel Aitchison, <laughs> and I've never listened to a podcast in my life, I've heard a lot about these, and uh, yeah, I kind of just found myself sitting here, and I do like to have a chat, and talk about interesting things, so... Good. Uh, what are you doing? What do I do? I am, by trade, I'm a teacher, I haven't done a lot of that in the last 12 months, or in the classroom anyway. Um, I spend the majority of my year in the mountains, following the snow around the world, and uh, yeah, I spend a lot of time in Mount Hotham in Victoria, and Japan and Canada overseas, and yeah, try to, just trying to 
follow the snow around the world and teach and earn money and keep a roof over my head. What's it like living that nomadic lifestyle where you kind of you know where you are next season, but you won't necessarily know where you are the season after or the season after that? At the time, it feels like the best thing in the world. It's very enjoyable, surrounded by like-minded people and having a really, really good time. And then every time you come to the end of a season or every time you come to the end of, I guess, a little episode, uh, it's it can be quite stressful. And that's something that I've discovered in the last, probably in the last two years. And I've got a lot of friends that sort of feel the same. It's been recognising just how much of a stressful way it is to live. Uh, is there like a time frame where you can probably do it for and then you've got to settle down and yeah it's an interesting question there's uh it's it seems to be different for absolutely everyone I mean I have friends that I work with that have turned their lives well been able to establish a whole 12 months of their lives up on the mountain um and you know very very happy and and found found their place but that's for not a, a great majority of people most people will stick around and kind of ride and party for a couple of years and then I suppose find themselves back into what we would traditionally call the real world. Um, but yeah, I'm not too sure which way I'll go yet. Awesome. What about you, Ed? What do you do? Uh, Re- reacquaint yourself I'll with these bonus podcasts. So, so <laughs> yeah. you two could not be, surface level could not be any different. No. And I was actually just thinking that sort of lifestyle scares the shit out of me. <laughs> Which is I'm super neurotic. quick. I'm super neurotic. <laughs> so like I need that sort of, I need to know where I'm going to be next year. Yeah. Like, I need to know that I'm going to have a roof over my head. Like, and then I'm like props to you because I always think that's a really cool way to live, but that scares the shit out. In theory. Yeah. <laughs> In like, practical, you're sounds like, sounds really cool. Then like if it came to doing it, I'd be like, oh, I'm probably just going to stay selling chocolate bars. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, besides that. How, how is the gig with uh, a large chocolate manufacturer going? Yeah, good. It's it's a bit of fun. Like I'm gonna be honest, I don't work that hard. I hope my boss doesn't listen to this, but um, it's easy. It's people skills. Sales isn't that hard when you've got a brand like Cadbury in Australia backing you. So yeah, it's not the most difficult job in the world, but I have a lot of fun. I enjoy it. It keeps me on my feet. Um, I was dreading going into an office because as much as I don't think I could go full nomad like Dan here, <laughs> I don't know if I could be in an office all day every day. Well, you're just kind of someone in the middle, being sales and driving around and yeah, yeah, with so, different people all day. Yeah, it's it's good. It's um very high energy job, which is good, but obviously not where my passion lies. But you know, it's a means to an end, which is you know serves its purpose in itself. Where does your passion lie? Talking to people about life. So, so last time we spoke about the Human Happiness Project at length. Yeah. Still rolling. It is still going. Um, teething a little bit with a new sort of direction, which is um, just sort of teaching myself how to film properly and doing all that sort of stuff, which is good. So as I'm sure you know, Lucky, growing your business in a different way and sort of taking a new sort of stride is, gives you a little bit more yeah, zest for it and a little bit more motivation. So yeah, it's just, it's just cool. I just, I'm sort of capping what we touched on last time. I just talk to people about their happiness and their life and lessons they've learned and sort of journey they've taken and put it out there on the internet so people can learn something from it. Has much changed since you since we had last had a chat in terms of what people are saying or what people are doing or what problems people are being hit with? Um, no, I think it's more honed. Like it's sort of come down to the sort of, when I say honed, it's off, I've narrowed it down to about 28 different values, which I can't stop the top of my head, <laughs> um, to what people sort of find central to their own happiness. Um, and the five biggest ones I'd have to say would be purpose, growth, hard work, um, mindfulness, and gratitude. 
um, which like that's not going to be any surprise to anyone, but it's just mm. very interesting. I find to see how people sort of either use those values or don't use those values. Um, but generally, the pe- the people that I know that are the happiest, or at least the most motivated, or have the highest sort of life satisfaction, employ those sorts of values daily to a degree. So, do you think that? And this is this dives real deep, real quick. But do you think the happiest people are the ones that don't think that deeply about what the fuck's going on in the world? Um, it depends. <laughs> that's that's hard. Like you can, like we were talking about just before we started recording. Like ignorance can be bliss, but I think there's if you're too ignorant, it's it holds you back. Like if you're not looking at the things that might be sort of slowing you down, whether that might be a bad friendship group or your relationship or something like that, you can get caught sort of wondering why you're not moving forward. Um, and then sort of, so I think you can dwell on the shit bits, like just to do with like how much reach we have and how much information we get in our day-to-day lives, you can like dwell too much on the shit bits. Definitely. Like you're probably not going to hear about 50 years ago, you wouldn't have heard about a shooting in a school in America, but now you'll hear about it 15 minutes after it's happened in Melbourne. Yeah. So if you dwell on that and go, wow, the world's a really shitty place, um, then you're kind of going to pull up short on the whole happiness front. But um, again, it comes in perspective. Like you go, yeah. that's really shit. Or you could go, oh, you know, someone held the tram doors open for me on the way to work this morning. So it's not all that bad. Yeah, and okay. what, what do you what do you really want to look at, and what really affects you? So uh, perspective is like one of the other ones that sort of comes into it. So it depends what you want to look at. Rui, Dan, what's happiness to you? Happiness. It's happiness. That's my question, mate. I know. Solid. Dan, what's happiness <laughs> to you? <laughs> I'm happy to answer it for you. Um, just, just back to Cadbury and chocolate. <laughs> I really, really enjoy chocolate. I'm a bit of a sweet kid, so that's part of happiness. Uh, how many times do we need to say Cadbury to get a box of chocolate delivered? Is that- oh, by the way, guys, this, uh, this podcast is sponsored by Cadbury. <laughs> so I've actually been looking use for- Use my coupon on the way out, <laughs> eat, eat at Cadbury 20 for uh, 5% off and check it out. Yeah. Good. Uh, but, uh, no, that's a, oh, geez, that's, I think that's it. A deep and difficult question and I'm wondering how people answer that question when you ask there's a lot of fumbling yeah there would be Um, it's something that I've definitely thought about for a little while now Uh, and I I feel like I'm making progress in my own head and I think just moving is well and I suppose part of my nomadic lifestyle I guess doing something and feeling like I'm doing something productive with myself is pretty it's pretty high on I guess the scale for my own happiness um, I like that yeah I don't know it's something I've only really thought about you know in the last little while um, when you look at the times when you are down or you look at the times that you are sort of flying high I guess I can connect those those better and happier times when I'm moving forward getting things done whatever those things are and it, I guess that feeling of fulfilment that sort of that links pretty heavily up to happiness. Do you think that achievement needs to be like big goals, big things, or can it be like little things like I don't know, making the bed or no, no way. The tram uh, doors open for someone. <laughs> no way. I had one of the most productive days today that I've had in a long time, and one of the reasons it was most productive was because I had a list of heap of different little annoying jobs I had to do, and I was able to take one turn on my street and go to the strip of shops on Heather Hill Road which I've never been to before. And I found a pharmacy, a post office, and the ATM, and three of my stops were done. Good. And I actually felt really good. Yeah. Yeah. Ticked a whole heap of boxes. Mate, that sense of achievement <laughs> on doing little things, and yeah. like, 
<clears throat> we had a really cool chat at our staff meeting the other day about whether we were all busy because we had shit to do or whether we were busy because we wanted to be busy. And I think mm-hmm. being able to identify, well, these are the 15 things I need to do today. And if I fumble and tell myself that I've got heaps of shit to do and don't do anything for three hours and then go, oh, shit, I've still got heaps of stuff to do, you're going to be anxious and annoyed and frustrated and upset. But if you actually go, you know what, I'm just going to tick off number one and then I'm going to tick off number two and then I'm going to tick off number three. Even if you don't get all 15 things done, you, you get to the end of the day and you're like, achieve something today. I move forward. Mm, that was the exact opposite of my day yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> just like literally like watching Netflix in bed and it was like, Jeez, I got a lot to do. But I, but I Two think hours later, fuck, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other piece of shit, well, that's an interesting one because it's like, it's your, like, it's up to you whether you do it or oh, not. 100%. But because you're telling yourself that you should be doing it and you're not doing it, you feel even shit out. Like, if you just go, you know what, today I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to chill the fuck out for two hours and I'm going to relax and I'm going to watch Netflix. You can take a deep breath out, you don't have to think about oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because you're telling yourself, why do you do it to yourself, mate? Why do you traumatize yourself like that? I get caught up in the whole like entrepreneur tra- and I'm sure you would have held this at the start like you know I'm going to have 60 regulars in I don't know yeah. a month sort of thing and then you've only got 40 and you're like well I could have worked harder I could have done this I could have done that so it's just the trap it's like perspective trap you go I could have had this yeah. or I do have this so I'm thinking to myself while I'm watching the phone, watching Netflix going like uh, I could be working right now but realistically I know myself well enough that I know that I'm not super lazy so I'm not just going to like yeah. sit there and watch it for the set like obviously I needed that and I felt good <laughs> woke up this morning super motiva- motivated and I did lots of work you know smashed out the gym at 5am and then just worked for about 6 hours and then it's just kind of like well then you know that's sort of I'm feeling good about myself today um, but then it's sort of recognising the fact that you don't need to work hard all the time like you were saying before you had like a relaxing week and it feels good I think it's really yeah. easy when you're sort of doing something I'm sure you have it when you're doing your snow seasons as well you sort of like feel the need to sort of push everything together and do something all the time and stay busy yeah um, I use three like th- there's three things that I always come back to and I'm, I'm someone that gets really frustrated with lack of progress sometimes and some people from an outside will be like well, why everything's moving along and it's like, like because you only look at today and yesterday and tomorrow, you don't feel as though you're moving and improving. The three things that I remind myself of and I've gotten a lot better at this over the last like six months is good shit takes time. Take Sometimes you just need to stop, take a deep breath and realize how far you've come. Yeah. And then you're actually able to kind of stop, refill your cup, allow yourself to like, because, you know, all of us are in a in a... In a part of life or part of the world where we help other people or talk to other people so we, we need that energy to give to other people mm-hmm. sometimes but if you don't have the energy to give yourself you can't give it to everyone else yeah. and if I come back to those three things then like I'm happy for lack of a better term because I know that yes things are going to take a while yes I just need to breathe and you know where I was I was working out of a shed as Dan can attest to I was working out of a shed that was like <laughs> Smaller than like I was working out of an area that's smaller than this office like five years ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff moves and it happens, and you're gonna move forward. But sometimes you you need to be okay with just being where you are. Oh, it's super easy to fall into that trap, and like um, I'm sure you, you might even feel it, Dan. Even though you're a bit of a nomad, like you'd go like, oh, there was people like when you're in, you're like, oh, I know when you're in your fifth year, like some of my friends graduated last year. Yeah. Or like oh, I could be settling down and buying a house right now if I'd been more diligent and I get that because I still rent. 
and things like that and it's really easy don't buy a house it's trap <laughs> <laughs> I was already, I'm already on that page I'm not about it um, mainly for the money but uh, I like to say it's my choice um, yeah it's really easy to fall into that trap of looking around and going like everyone else is doing this this and this and going you know oh Lockie works way harder than me or Dan's true though. way more yeah 100% but uh then I could go, oh, Dan's got like a way better lifestyle than me because he goes skiing for like half the year, every year. And it's, just, it's like, you know, well, people probably look at my life and go like, oh, it's got this, this, He gets to eat chocolate whenever he wants. Mm. Not at all. <laughs> so much trouble all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that's like that trap of for you, the shit, like you always want what you can't have kind of dealio. Which Harrison is evil. Yeah. You want to What's your favourite quote? No, it's not my favourite quote anymore, but <laughs> would you like to say that quote? Because it's probably been said, it probably was said on our last podcast. Yeah, comparison is the thief of joy. This is the most perfect quote ever. Yeah, because if you, as soon as you start to, I guess, chase what other people have and tell yourself you want that, mm. then you kind of you kind of cook yourself because you get stuck in that constantly chasing, buying shit. That, like, oh, what was that quote? You're always buying shit you Fight don't club. Buying shit you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you don't like. Yeah. Perfect quote. Absolutely perfect quote. And one of the things we do in our goal setting with like our life, like kind of more lifestyle, like long-term life goal setting with our clients is we, the first thing we say is your goals, and this is a Greg, Greg Day quote, so thank you to Greg for all of his wisdom. It's your... Use Greg Day, 5% check it. <laughs> 5% off physio or something. Um, it's your goals should be shaped by your desires and that like your is highlighted yeah. because if because so many people chase things because they think they want it but really their mum wants it for them or their dad wants it for them or their girlfriend wants it for them or their friends want it for them I think they, that's what they want mm. but when you actually kind of dive in and sit there and go what, what do I actually want you start to allow yourself to have those little move, movements where you can move forward where it's, it's amazing that you can critically think about things that way. Where did you learn to think that way? A lot of trial and error and talking to people. It's actually funny that you should say it like that because the second part of that thing that we do at the start of the goal setting, your goal should be shaped by your desires and I'm not taking the piss because it's on the wall right there <laughs> and supported by your allies. So allies being the people around you and the people that already have the things you want to achieve. So the, re- the reason I'm able to think critically like that is because I've allowed myself to surround myself with people who, and this podcast has been a big helper in that and big driver in that, people who are already achieving the things I want to achieve. So they're already helping a significantly number more, of more people than I am and that's one of, one of my goals is, is to be able to help more people and spread the message of what I do. So I think if you allow yourself to be supported by your allies and, and the, my staff at work, are a lot of my allies in terms of my goal setting and Greg's one of them and you know the people that I haven't necessarily met like your Joe Rogans and your Tim Ferrisses and your Malcolm Gladwells and people who I look up to. Simon Sinek's a big one lately. He's with amazing. Reading, reading all his books and listening to all his books. Um, they're the people that I'm able to I guess listen to and talk to without actually having to meet mm-hmm. and I find that ability to listen to what they've done and I'm big on finding people that have done things that I want to do and just listening to how they've done it mm. like we all kind of think we have to reinvent the wheel and 
and find the magic pill and the magic thing to get to wherever we want to get to. But we're probably never going to, like most of us, are never going to achieve a goal that no one, that someone else hasn't already achieved. Mm. So my kind of way of looking at it is that that's okay. It's uh, You don't have to be different all the time, but if you can kind of latch onto those people and listen to them, then you can kind of forge your own path in that way. Mm. I, think, I think people sort of have a tendency to think like unless you're literally changing the world, you're not making a difference. And that again comes back to social media where you see these people like Gary Vaynerchuk or whatever yeah. it might be, or even Joe Rogan, you go, he has this massive influence. He reaches yeah. millions of people. But you people listen to him every... talking like about when it was 1992 yeah. and he was... You know, trying to make it as a comedian, yeah. like good shit takes time. Oh, like, that was twenty five, no, twenty five years ago. I was born yeah. in ninety two. Twenty five, like twenty five years. Like, like I've grew, completely grown up in twenty five years. I like, can mm. imagine what can happen in the next twenty five. But too many people get stuck in the what happens next week or what happens next month. Yeah, I ideal. Think, I think it's also a really, really weird time to be alive in terms of the. <laughs> um, I think there's actually this getting pretty deep. Um, there's a really archaic sort of value system that's hanging around in terms of your life progression that doesn't quite fit the mould of this sort of internet age. In terms of in go terms to school, of, go to uni, yeah, get so a job, like sit at a desk, have a family, ago, die. 30 years ago, you'd be married and might have a kid on the way to KP. Yeah. Um, or like 30 years ago, if I was still working a part-time job at 26 and renting, it would be like, well, there's something wrong with that guy. Um, or like yeah. you know, you'd be thought of a bit of a loser. That's not that's not uncommon at all. Like well, that's so that's the norm now. Yeah, but there's also like, and that's quite pessimistic. But on the like the more optimistic side, like there's never been the sort of opportunities for an individual to evolve personally that there has been before. Yeah. And your access to information. So like, damn, when you're doing your ski season and stuff like that, you might be offered like Whistler, or you might be encountered wherever it might be. You could still like things that couldn't happen before can happen now. Like you could run a business from a laptop if you wanted to about like blogging about skiing and stuff like that yeah. and Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it all the time like there's a dude in New York who blogs about cats and makes 80,000 US dollars a year <laughs> like if there was some just weird dude like 30 years ago writing out letters about cats and just sending out the post I don't think it would go anywhere that's a really cool way to think about it like, it's a really weird time to be alive like yeah. I think it's been like 10 years since the iPhone or 11 years or something like that since the iPhone yeah. like think about how big of a like technological advance and like technological advance it wasn't that fresh of an idea but it was but it put together all of the things and, and they packaged it to make it sexy so that it was mass consumed but it's been 11 years since the, or whatever it is since the iPhone like none of us could live without it now most 12 to 12 year up couldn't live without it now but in 11 years ago everyone was able to live without it. Mm. So I think that kind of like you spot on the, the speed at which we're able to, I guess, progress for lack of a better term. Cause some people would think, would think we've regressed in certain, certain areas, but from a technological point of view, we're able to progress so quickly. And you know, every, basically every uni degree, if you, or college degree that you want to consume, you can sit there online, find a free one and, and learn it. Well, how many yeah, we spend, MBAs are there? Yeah, well, that's exactly it. Like, I just read a book called The Personal MBA. It cost me $9. Mm. And, like, it's like it's basically the whole, like, structure of the I MBA. I read that, too. It was a guy that taught MBAs somewhere for, like, 20 years. He's Some, like, I can, something like that. Yeah. He's like, and he just put it in a book. So, the, our ability to consume knowledge is 
there, but we don't put the same value on it like we once yeah. would have, I don't think. I'm interested to see your take, Dan, because you obviously with that nomadic lifestyle, I find usually people and they're traveling and that sort of stuff and they're living that sort of, like the first thing you told, what well, I thought when you said that you'd live for the snow season sort of stuff is you're a wonder junkie. You're the person that sort of chases a high in the sense of like sort of freedom of living that nomadic lifestyle because it's very different to what Lockie and I do. Yeah. So like obviously Lockie can't disappear for six months because Virtus goes down the drain. Yeah. So what what's your sort of are you big like, on that I sort like of stuff? I like to think that Mitch and Jess and Cam and Katie and the rest of the crew would have it covered. Oh, they're but awful. Yeah, they are pretty. Awful. Yeah. I love them all. Can we edit that out? No, that'll stay. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a good what's, what's really good your question. sort of take on it? Because I find there's like there's two different fields. There's people like me, and I'm a I'm a pessimist, unfortunately. We know. Um, yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry guys. Um, but like you've obviously lived this sort of this more or less free lifestyle. Um, so what do you think? Is it is it like is technology good, and especially social media, because that's probably the most prevalent technology in the day to day lives of the people that are listening in our lives. I think. Um, I've never. I haven't really thought about it that deeply before word vomit go for it but uh, I guess to a large degree I kind of feel like what I've fallen into and the way that I've, I've followed things around has kind of happened by accident so I wouldn't say like would use the word wonder wonder junkie yeah can you, can you explain that I've never heard wonder, that expression before. wonder junkies are people that sort of chase a, a high not not in the sense of like I'm just going to go smoke a bong out the back in terms of like when you're standing on top of and I'm sure you've had this more times than most people both of us yeah. you're standing on top of a mountain the sun's rising and there's snow everywhere and you're just sitting there and just like there's this extreme sense of awe yeah. that you get like we, we've all experienced it at some point in our life yeah. it's those sort of moments that strike you and just fill you with this sort of like well, awe is the only way I can really put it. So yeah. you sort of get very grounded through those experiences and you sort of just, you just chase, I wouldn't say chasing that because that's sort of, um, but you put yourself in a position to, yeah, to, like to that, it, that's, that's to have it yeah, happen often. Exactly. Like you're living a lifestyle, I'd say for the majority of people, I don't know how old you are, I'm assuming you're our, around our age, but you're sort of putting yourself in the position. Just turned a little bit older. Happy birthday for the other day. Thank you. Yeah. yeah <laughs> as old as I need to be. <laughs> um, yeah, Wonder Junk is just someone who loves that lifestyle and this, they continue living it and, you know, I guess they're unapologetic about it. They just chase that sort of sense of wonder and awe that is in life and I think the easiest example is through, you know, exploring nature and exploring yep. the different places in the world yep. because the sort of life we lead, the modern lifestyle isn't really conducive to that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that whole, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a traveller, I'm travelling the world mm. kind of attitude, I suppose. I, um, I definitely think, I'm going to be honest, there's probably a, a part of my personality and my character that does chase that a little bit, but at the same time, I'll be real and say that in those times, I try to be appreciative and go, actually, this has motivated me to just get more of what I'm doing done so that I can keep enjoying this. Mm. Um, you know, I, a lot of people sort of... I want to say that it kind of shits me a little bit, but it, it doesn't at the same time when people turn around and go, you know, oh, you know, you follow the snow around, you live up in the mountains, blah, 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 you know, oh, you're just on a holiday all the time, you know. Okay, well, I do work very, very long weeks, and in the yeah. last four weeks, I've just taken a four-week holiday, and it's the first time I've done that in seven years. Mm. I know that, and mm. I, you know, I, I don't care for telling everyone else, you know, all but the But the people close that. to you know that. Yeah. And, yeah. like, having worked with, like, I met you at work, so having worked with you over a long period of time, see how hard you do work yeah. but then you kind of almost get to 
enjoy the other stuff just as hard on the outside like yeah. whether it's like boarding all day or yeah um, yeah whatever it is yeah I think yeah my passion and my drive to work hard for people for myself or for a purpose is that there's something fulfilling about what I've done you know so if I was living up in the mountains and working seven days a week and not snowboarding um, I wouldn't be doing it mm. I simply wouldn't be doing it um, uh but there's also that question of are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it for others? Are you doing it for um, extrinsic or intrinsic motivation? Well, like, can you answer that? If I said, why, like, why do you do what you do? Could you answer it without, like, without sitting down and really it, philosophical and thinking ah, about yeah, it for a couple geez. hours? I mean, I suppose I can try. I don't really have a choice here. Do it real I? quick. <laughs> Just ask me the question again. Why do you do what you do? Why do I do what I do? Yeah. Because at the present time, um, it allows me to live and play in places that I seem to love at the moment and continue to meet new and different people. And it has honestly just kept opening itself up to opportunities that I've gone, sweet, I'm going to follow that. I'm going to do that. Um, You know, and it, it all, you know, I can trace it all back to... You know, the first time that I ever went to the snow when I was like, you know, 17 or 18 years old and how it kind of funneled on from that, you know, then moving away to university and meeting a particular person and then, you know, something random happened and I happened to go on a trip with them to Japan and I I met a bunch of people that lived at Mount Hotham and Falls Creek and, you know, they encouraged me to get a job at Hotham and then I went up to be a snowboarding instructor and decided, oh, hey, this isn't going to work because I've only got a, a, a month of uni holidays. Yeah. Walked into a rental shop and, and met my now current boss, my offsider. She's amazing back. And, uh, you know, that month turned into three months and uni sort of took a little backseat. And, you know, then I met more people and more opportunities opened up. And I'm a bit of a yes person, which has been in my detriment sometimes, but that just kept but it wouldn't have given to, you all of those opportunities. No, no. Um, and I'm so appreciative of all the opportunities that I've had. But I think, you know, there's a certain level of, you know, luck and coincidence with it as well. But I think all the time that I've said yes and just given stuff a crack, um, it's just they've kept leading on from one to another. So I certainly never sat down and went, yeah, I'm going to go and live in the snow for the de- next 10 years. You know? And, you know, the first year was like, yeah, this is cool. I'll probably just go and... Yeah, but it's just like taking each three, six-month period at a time. Yeah, but... With that said, lately I have been thinking about that whole idea of not getting stuck in that um, wonder, wonder junkie, <laughs> wonder junkie sort of you know setting. Because admittedly, I do I have a lot of close friends and I do live with a lot of people that um, you know have done that for a long period of time and super super happy and, and such. But a lot of a lot of people do go hey, this is enough. I've done this for a few years now. I'm going to move on. You know, I've got to go and live that lifestyle because they're you know it's it, it does hold you back in certain aspects um so i've been trying to be a little bit critical lately and say well hey i need to set myself some stoppers here and if you know if in the next 12 months i'm genuinely not moving forward whether that be through moving into a new role through you know having uh, earning more money or you know getting promotion or things like that or um if, if all of a sudden I'm not doing new things or I suppose achieving more, you know, will I pull, will I pull a pin? Um, will I go back to, you know, my teaching? Will I look for a full-time teaching job? And um, it's difficult. 
You could become yeah. an Ed. Sorry? You could become an Ed. You don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate think happiness? That, yeah, exactly. I think that's really be nice. interesting because that's one of the things I touched on in my, pro, in my project is progress and growth. And yeah. I think there's a sort of basal need as a human being, whoever you are, to grow in some aspect of your life. I'm, I'm sure you guys have realised that at this point in your life that there's when you are stagnant and you're not moving anywhere, it doesn't matter what sort of field it's in, like if you're not growing in some way, you feel really lost. I think that's where depression and anxiety and those sort of things sort of flare up. So it's really interesting that you'd say that because I'm sure people look at you and go like, oh, Dan's a really carefree guy, blah, blah, blah. He's got his, you know, like you were saying, oh, he's on holiday all the time where the reality is it's not like, yeah, that's a holiday for you when you've got your four weeks off a year from your office job. You might go skiing for two weeks in, you know, the middle of July. But that's not the reality to it. And I think people... um, I think growth is a really interesting aspect because like you were saying, like I interviewed Lockie earlier this week for my project and he was saying that he grows more now that he's older and I think that's um, I think that's a thing that doesn't tend to happen too much with people. Mm. It's really easy to sort of think like, all right, well, now that I've got my job and like for me especially, um, like Lockie, I know you have to work hard all the time. Um, I know that I'm in a in a big company, more or less. I'm going to sort of float to the top if I stick with it long enough, because it's yeah. you know it's the biggest confectionery company in Australia. So it's just sort of like it's a big company. It's it's ticking all the boxes in terms of career progression. But yeah. I know within myself, it's not something I want long term. Um, but I think that this sort of aspect of growth and progression is a really interesting one because people. And again, it comes back to the sort of thing we're talking about, like perspective and stuff like that. It's sort of people go like, oh, I want this and I want that. And they're usually something that you need to work towards. And that's the missing factor, that work. But like I think, and I've only just had this thought now, but I like whenever I talk about football or sport with a lot of my athletes or a lot of the like having played a semi-elite brand of football for a long period of time, I have this, I had this theory that everyone's going to level. So everyone's going to level with with footy, whether it's, you know, local twos or local ones or VFL or, or AFL where you'll get to see those players that are amazing VFL players like they're just a level above but can't make it in AFL and I've got this theory that everyone's got their level and like mine was a very average VFL player but I can go back to local and get a kick because I'm like that my level's kind of somewhere in the middle I think after hearing you say that I reckon everyone's got their level with work and with what they want to do some people are happy kind of and you know Dan and I I have worked in retail together some people are like stoked and super happy with just being a and I don't I don't mean just but but being a a manager at a retail store whereas or being a salesperson or being an accountant just working for someone else whereas some people are just like I'm going to like my mindset is that would that would kill me. I that'd be the worst thing in the world for me. I want to run my own show and do my own thing, even if I like I have to work an extra twenty hours a week. Like I'm okay with that because that's my that's like my level. And I'm not saying levels are up or down, but they're different areas. I need to work on this theory when it comes to work because you don't want to make people feel like shit. But yeah, whether people want to be a teacher or want to be a assistant principal or want to be a principal in a school. Everyone's kind of got their level where they want it, where they're going to end up at. No, I completely. Agree. And unless you, and some people will get to that level and then stay at that level and be happy and kind of float around that level and then go, you know what, I want to go. To the You're next talking level. level in terms of potential level. Like obviously, it doesn't there's a certain point where it doesn't matter how hard you work as an AFL player, you're yeah. not going to go above VFL. Whereas 
So that's that's how yeah. I look at yeah, it. Yeah, because there's if probably you, some. If you work really hard, you can get to that level, but you could also be sitting lazy and skip a training session a week, and yeah. then you're only going to be at that local level. Yeah, well, if we use that, like if we use that AFL BFL kind of system, it's a really simple one because some you get some like tack up players that like want to make it. They will do every little thing possible, and they'll end up playing local because they're just not good enough, and that's like that's okay. And then you'll get some players that will make VFL and just kind of kick around and then not, like be a really good footballer, play AFL and play 30, 40, 50, 60 games, whatever. And then you get the players that are just freaks and that work really hard and you get both of them and they're the two, 300-game players at AFL. And I think if you you need to be – and this self-awareness for me has only happened like the last three or four years. Like if you ask me – maybe when I was like 21, 22, why I'm not playing AFL, I would have thought of a list of excuses, right? You ask me now, I wasn't good enough. Like, mm-hmm. it's as simple as that. Like, I can go that I was short, I can go that I was unlucky, the wrong people weren't looking at me and all these kind of things. But at the end of the day, like, it's on me, I wasn't good enough. And whether I could have been better if I trained differently or tried harder or was at a different club or whatever, who knows? That's part of the unknown. But I think if you bring that back to how everyone deals with like life and work and family and relationships in general, then as soon as you're you're able to self-reflect and, and critique what you're doing and why you're doing it and whether you are actually good enough or whether you should be doing that, you're able to have that growth because it you might not always move up, but you might move sideways or you might move into something different. And when Dan realizes that, you know what, I don't want to be as he so eloquently put it, a snow bum. Mm, if you don't professional. want to, a, a professional snow bum and you, and you want to go back to teaching, like then it's time for you to like slide across and move to that different thing. I try to, whether I'm trying to make myself, you know, whether I'm trying to make a justification or make myself feel better, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, especially with the teaching side of things, I think that you, the good teachers that I remember the memorable teachers, the ones that connected, made things meaningful and relevant to me, were the teachers that uh, had stories, were the teachers that I could relate to, were the teachers that had done things with their life, that were doing things with their life. Um, And you could, you know, you could maybe see yourself being them. You know, you're a kid, you're looking for something to aspire to, you're looking for something to be. Um, And for me, in high school, that was my, my PE teachers and my outdoor ed teachers, and that's a pretty a pretty standard thing yeah um, because that's what you ended up doing yeah exactly um, but I don't want to be a physical education teacher and I've realised that now that was yeah. what I wanted to do when I left school mm-hmm. um, went and studied did everything and I was like that's not what I want to do anymore and I'm completely completely fine with that but the more that I sort of the different things that I do the different experiences I have I'd like to think that that's going to make me a better educator and a better teacher down the track because yeah. I can hopefully enable people to I can relate and my, give meaning my favourite quote like and you told me like I've got a lot of favourite quotes <laughs> anyone that knows me I've got a shitload yeah. of favourite quotes anyone that has listened to more than one episode of this podcast this is at least top 25 knows yeah. that this is top 100 quotes but like one of the ones that kept, comes back all the time is you can't give what you haven't got and you can't share what you haven't experienced mm. and I think that's so like like that's exactly what you're saying as soon as you like if all these experiences you have if you go back to teaching man you're gonna be such so much better like equipped to teach than you would have been if you just went bam uni done teacher for life yep which is some people's journey and that's the cool thing about like life is you've got 
how many people on the planet now? Seven billion people all kind of doing their own thing mm. and working their own way. But you're being able to, and you're able, you're currently able to experience all these different things that the teacher that went straight from uni to work isn't able to, yeah, or isn't able to unless they uproot themselves and go and try that. And I think that makes you a better teacher. That's yeah. I mean, that's I suppose hopefully the plan. I wanted to. <laughs> I just wanted to touch on what you said about um, not playing AFL. And the idea that everyone's got a level and those sorts of things. Mm. I, I kind of, I, I definitely, I definitely see what you're saying. I think that where that that level is forever changing, though. So every day, you know, we get presented with different opportunities and different choices, and our values change, and the way we go about things changes, and that can forever be changing that level. So yeah, you know, maybe you might have played AFL if you you know, took away the commitment that you have to your family, the the fact that you, um, you're you in a very loving and committed relationship with a lovely lady that you so were building. Shout out. <laughs> shout out. Uh, that you were building, a, you know, you were building a business as well. You yeah. didn't need to be doing that. Yeah. You had, you had a roof over your head. You know, you, you could have just, we could have just kept working away at Rebel, you know, no responsibilities, really, you know, paying the bills. And you probably could have put a way more time into your football. Yeah. Um, and maybe you would have played AFL. But you wouldn't have been playing AFL till you were 60 years old. Um, <laughs> yeah. But instead, while you were playing VFL and getting a really, really good experience on your belt, learning heaps about your own self, everyone that you got to compete with, and importantly, like the, the I suppose, the sporting industry. Um, you were, you know, putting a heap of other ducks in a row in your yeah. life. And I don't think that you would, I, well, I don't think that you could even think that you would have the, the same level of success or, you know, be able to track the way that you are now if you had, a, if your life was purely AFL, I don't want anything else in my life, it's only going to be AFL, yeah. you might have then spilled over into what you're doing now. And that comes down to your values were, I want to, you know, I want to be successful in, a, you know, a number of different ways, and I want to achieve in a number of different ways. Um, and I find that a little bit interesting in the way that people can. There's, I suppose, different patterns in the way that people live their lives, and then the way that they set a an example down to their children, and then their children again. Um, you know let's take for example a family business um you know and this goes back you know 50 years ago it was different 20 years ago it was different now yeah. it's different um you know the family business you know someone's working 80 hours a week and you know building an empire and and uh doing everything that they can to to i guess provide for their family uh but and leaving behind you know like business and a lot of money and things like that is that more successful and a better, I suppose, I can't think of the word, a better, a better thing to leave behind for your family and to offer your family? Or are you better to cut that in half? Spend time with Be them. half as successful yeah. and, and, and do all those meaningful things, you know? Um, not work those four weeks holidays, uh, you know, go on camping trips with your family. Or, or make sure that every weekend you're down at your, your son's football game. Yeah. Um, shout out to Rob. <laughs> uh, 
and those sorts of things. Maybe you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna make the same amount of money. You're not gonna have the same progress with your business mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. But which is more successful? And there, there is no answer. Yeah, you know, there is no right answer. The answer, like, is completely individual dependent and yeah. value dependent. Like, I look at <clears throat> like my values now are heavily influenced by my parents, my family, and the people around me. And all, all of like, like my kind of number one value to just kind of wing it and think about what it might be would probably be like the, like being able to create relationships. Mm-hmm. But then that having that hard work to be able to work towards whatever that thing is that that's I guess my crazy dream at that point in time. And for a couple of years, yeah, it was AFL. But you like upon reflection, you're probably spot on. Like I did start putting other ducks in a row to work out what I actually wanted. Mm-hmm. And now that like if you if you asked me three years ago if I was gonna like quit footy like BFL to play it to just work and that I genuinely enjoyed and this this speaks for how much I enjoy work rather than how much I don't enjoy footy like I genuinely enjoy my week at work more than I enjoy footy and anyone that knows me knows how much I love fo- football so I'm able to go to work every day with the passion that I used to show to football mm-hmm. which allows me to know that no matter what happens no matter how many times I fuck up no matter what external factors influence me that I'm going to be successful and that success for me will be completely dependent on what values I hold at the time of me going am I successful or am I not successful and I think that ability which will grow as I get older and as as I work more that ability to kind of go well what is success to me and actually like kind of unpack that question um, and it's gonna it's gonna change. Like for me, success at the moment is knowing that I'm able to I'm able to support myself and my staff with what we're building, and know that I'm able to come home to KP and know that the gym's gonna be open tomorrow. Like that's success for me yeah. at the moment. But in six months, in twelve months, in you know early Jan, it might change. Who knows? But that's something that I'm able to. I don't know reflect on now because I have these conversations and I sit down and think about and like I have the conversation with you about what happiness is and and, and what I actually want to achieve but so many people don't have those thoughts because they're never I guess presented with it I think that's the thing and that's half the reason why I started what I do <clears throat> these things are sort of lurking in the background and we all sort of know that they're like thinking about like what brings you purpose, what brings you happiness, what success is to you. Like they're there because you're sort of shown different versions of success as you go through life. Um, but I think you sort of sit there and you just, you know, you see, you're showing all these different ideas of it, but I don't know if you're really self-reflecting. This is what we were talking about before we started recording, like how much self-reflection you need to sort of know where exactly where you're going. I think like, and I'm sure you'd have a sort of a good sort of two cents with this being going through like teaching and stuff. Mm. I personally think the current school system doesn't really work that well in terms of like, I remember going through year 12 and going, shit, I've got to decide what I want to do for the rest of my life in terms of picking a uni degree. You know, I'm going to do accounting, then I'm going to be an accountant. And that's what I was talking about before, these sort of overarching values of like these archaic values in terms of, um, you know, you've got to 
pick what you want to do in year 12 because <laughs> it used to be you get that job, you'd work for 50 years, you'd retire at like your mid to late 60s. Yeah, but you get a gold watch. Not anymore. You just get chocolate bars, which kind of sucks. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> significant amount of chocolate bars, surely. Well, not 10 grand worth. Carry on, I don't want to know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's really, it's, it's really weird. And like, I was, it's, I'm, I was like, because I obviously, listeners would have heard, I wasn't saying much when you guys were talking. That was, I, was, I find that really interesting because I actually don't know what my definition of success is. Like, I, I, I honestly don't. I know what I think I want now, which might be, which is the project that I'm doing being my career and going around talking to people. But at yeah. the same time, I have conflicting issues with that in terms of my biggest thing that I despise is overinflated egos, which is me being heavily involved in social media. There's no short, short supply of them. Yeah. And, um, and one of the things I was thinking that sort of put a smile on my face as well is you were talking about you need to have experience to teach, hmm. to, to talk about your experiences. And I deal with a lot of life coaches and there's been a few that I've met that have been, uh, I got uh, sort of asked to do a speech very early on um, with these people and I remember reading, uh, I met one of the ladies and she was sweet as can be, but she was 22 and a, a business mentor. Yeah. Like, oh, what's your experience with business? Oh, I've never started one. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. And um, so, so what do you do for work? Oh, I work part-time at this retail store. So like, oh, is that all you've done? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Probably not going to be the greatest. Like, it's not a business mentor on this. No, so, but it's, um, I just find it really weird how six, like, again, what is success to you? Because obviously there's those sort of like overarching themes of financial success, but like, and I was really like thinking quite deeply about my sort of life because you were talking about the difference between being super successful and working, eight, working 80 hours a week, which is my dad down to a T, yeah. versus, um, spending more time with the family because I didn't see dad very much at all when I was growing up and but at the same time vicariously learning through him and knowing that he worked 16 hour days like not exaggerating at all he'd leave yeah. home at 4am and get home at 10pm yeah. and he'd drive up to the city because he knew my mum wanted to live down here on the Wanted Peninsula yeah so like and now I see that and go like you know I'm seven hours into a day and I'm like jeez this, sh- this is shit and then I go like oh you know back in the day dad <laughs> wouldn't even be halfway through his day so yeah. and I want those things I want I don't necessarily need to be as successful as my dad is in the financial respect but I do want to provide for my family that I do want yeah um, and it's really interesting to think like how different people react to Success, like the people that their success is, I want to go up to Byron Bay and work fourteen hours a week so I can pay my rent and just get fucking high. Yeah, all the time. And if you are genuinely happy to Play do that, and this is my basic premise, if you you're genuinely you. happy and you're not hurting anyone around you, you fucking, that's it. You're you done. It. You're done. You've you've won life. <laughs> like really. Ticks and that's what we were saying before. Like some people are happy having a job that's nice and safe. They you know they might be a receptionist or just a, like a low level accountant at a big firm and they make their 65k a year and they go home and they rather than thinking I want to work that f- extra four hours like Lockie does basically every day that he's at work or all those sorts of things you know they go and they, they go home and they enjoy Netflix with a glass of wine with their partner or they yeah. go out with their friends and have a you know a nice dinner like it's it's, it's very it's you know it's just different strokes of different people it's um, yeah, it's a really interesting concept because there there is the overarching concepts of what success is, and people always think like success is always money based. 
Mm. And like, that's probably why people have told you and whether or not they admitted it, like they're probably jealous of the lifestyle you'd live when they, when they like talk to you, you probably run into someone who goes like, Oh, but they see that just... like, they see the highlights. So like that's no, I'm in a negative way. They'd probably be people that would talk down to you about the fact that you've done yeah, okay. snow no seasons and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, but it, I think from that would be more of a reflection of them. They've probably had a shoe day in the office and they've come <laughs> out and then seen this guy who seems to be living the absolute dream, which you said is obviously, again, they're just seeing the highlight reel of your life. Yeah. But they think, oh, all he does is, like, they might be an avid skier and they go, but I've also got to spend 48 weeks of a year in my office so I can go skiing for four weeks of a year, but this guy does it for six months a year. So, yeah, it's, again, it comes down to perception. Yeah. So, yeah. Can I answer your what is happiness to me question again? Oh, this is like the first again, time you've done that. Two words. Growth and achievement. But here's the thing, that's my answer. And mm. your answer and Dan's answer is gonna be completely different. Like yeah. I think to me the premium and bubble. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. I think the thing that like one of the things that Greg has been able to teach me and that I guess I subscribe to his belief around that is that success it's kind of that external validation around what you do. And the achievement is that sense of ticking the boxes like you with your uh, list today. Mm. Like you've just gone and gone to the ATM, gone to the post office, gone, things. gone to the pharmacy, but <laughs> you feel good. And like, even if like some of my, like I try and write down and it's behind you guys at the moment, like I try and write down the things that I need to do in December to make myself feel as though I've achieved this month. And that, that, that word achievement is the thing that I come, I try and come back to to make sure, well, have I achieved? Have I grown? Have I moved forward? And if I You're have, to I'm doing what okay. Think, what, what, what's your version of external achievement? External, external validation or whatever you said. Because I think that's, for me personally, that's yep. a very dangerous trap. External for me, when I hear external, I think that's achieving things for the sake of others. And yeah. that's a very quick way to go. Well, and one it, to have people place expectations on you, which is dangerous in itself. If yeah. they're, especially if they're unrealistic. So if I go like, Lockie, I want you to rock up to work tomorrow. That's all well and good because I know that's going to happen. <laughs> but like, you know, yeah. if I go like, Lockie, I want you to have you know eight vertices by January next year. Yeah, but but they're my like they're my things that I mm. that I want to achieve and like like on the wall the cool like this little podcast office for those that. Are currently listening on their iPhone or car or whatever you can't see the office but I put all the shit on the walls that I am working towards or that I want to see daily or whatever and behind you guys is like what our why is and why we the actually old lady. Hmm? is that the old lady yeah that's yeah. the old lady yeah. above the old lady well, it's all good baby baby that's a snake <laughs> that's a snake hole piece for the boys but it's all around why I'm doing what I'm doing and like those you'll see that the things that I want to tick off in December, if I tick those things off, I am moving towards the things that are above it, which is the why. And I didn't do that triangle intentionally, but I guess it kind of all points towards what I'm trying to create. And that, <clears throat> the vision probably needs to be flipped with what my why, what my why actually is. But I don't, and I, I could be wrong, but I don't think I look for external validation. I am self-aware enough to know the things that I want to achieve and if and yes I like to be liked and I like to be that person that people go to for help and things like that but if people want me to achieve something I'll only want to achieve it if it's something that I want to do 
and I don't know whether whether I'm wrong with that assumption or not. I feel as though everything I do, like everything I do, is because I want to do it, and it's not. I don't tend to, and KP is going to be the first person to agree with this statement. But I don't tend to do things I don't want to do, unless I feel obliged to for whatever reason. So, you know, I'll, I'll do things because it might make other people happy, but the majority of what I'm going to do is going to be because I want it. And I like to think that the majority of what I want is going to make other people's lives better, which I guess, you know, that whole wanting to be altruistic and wanting to help other people, it's always starts from a selfish point, I think. And you might think differently. Do you think that it would be fair to give someone a piece of advice that is, go away, be happy, you can go and do what you want, provided that it's what you want to be doing? I think is that is that a general question? Can I answer that as well? Yeah. Simple as, as simple as that. Yeah, for both of you boys. Yeah. In a, as long as you mean what you want to be doing, then that's okay. As long as it does that. Like, but if it doesn't hurt anyone else, then like yeah, go nuts. Gonna, do yeah. It. Like if he's like, I don't want to do. If that he or she is like, I want to do heroin. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you got three kids, so let's probably not go down that path. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. I think you got to be practical about it as well. Like you know, Lockie could have just bought a house he's like and he might be a really good PT making 80k a year out of another gym and he goes I want to start this place called Verz but I'm like, like a mortgage yeah, and care. yeah maybe KP sure. like like hypothetical situation KB's got a kid on the way he's just paid a mortgage and he's paid like the absolute minimum not go silly uh, not that that will happen in time this interview oh man <laughs> either way or a hypothetical person we'll call him uh Wachlin Lollis <laughs> Um, has a beautiful girlfriend kid on the way mortgage on a house and he says I want to start a business right now and he's got he's he's just started bought a house I'd go like maybe that's not a good idea but like because maybe that's what's going to make him really happy and that's what he wants to do but there's you got to I think you got to be practical about it as well yeah, you gotta, but you got to like what's going to make you happy now mm. and on the long term so if I went what's going to ha- make me happy now what's going to make me happy now is drinking another 15 beers tonight What's going to make me happy in the long term is stopping at this beer and doing my first triathlon on Sunday. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, it's like you're spot on. You need to check yourself and kind of go, well, what what does future Wachman Wallace want? And what what is going to be best for future? Say me or you or Dan. What are the things that are going to do that? Because you're spot on. Like, like I've got a six-week trip to South America book for next year. And if I kind of go, you know what will make me happy? Doing fuck all at work for the next four months. If I do that, I know that Virtus won't be be running. And if it is, it'll be running at a big loss if I don't keep working and keep putting systems and processes in place over the next four or five months before I go away for that six weeks. I know that like work's going to be pretty cooked and I'm not. I'm going to come back to a company or a business with probably a lot of pissed off employees and probably a lot of pissed off clients. So, like, you spot on the fact that you've got to check yourself and kind of go, well, we need to look at how my decisions affect everyone else. Well, I think there's a huge tendency to look at the short term and go, that's what I want right now. But yeah. then people t- tend to forget that your short term very quickly becomes your long term. Sorry, yeah. your long term very quickly becomes your short term. Yeah. So you could go, like, what's going to make me happy right now for me is if I quit my job being a salesman and then I go just go 100% full my project but then I'll go like well I haven't figured out a way to make a decent income and be able to maintain my lifestyle which I enjoy in my life (laughs) Um, and keep a roof over my head while doing that 
So, like, I'd, I'd say if someone said that to me, that would be poor advice. So, But, devil's advocate, sometimes you need to take that kind of big leap. 100%. And to make that magic happen. 100%. Yeah. But this is what I was talking about, and this is more of a reflection of my character. What you've done with Virtus and what you do, Dan, living your life, scares the shit out of me. <laughs> I need that comfort. 100%. I'm a neurotic person. I need that sense of control. Yeah. So I know that... You know, if my project is in it, you know, whatever it might be, the sort of goal that I set for followers or for revenue or whatever it is by midway next year, that I still have that fallback. I need that safety net. Yeah. I've never been good with that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I think you got to take into account one person that, you, that you're talking to. Yeah. And like, it sounds good if you go like, oh, chase your dreams, chase your passion. Just wing it. Change, if his passion's like, I really like mushrooms <laughs> and I want to go, I don't know. I just want to look at them all day. You're like, oh, look, you know, that's probably not going to make you a huge amount of money. Dude, if a guy can can make 80K a year writing about cats, there's got to be a, like a, at least a 40K mushroom gig floating around somewhere. Probably the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Mushroom cats. There you go. 120K right there, man. <laughs> that's perfect. But yeah, you'd like, you're right. Like, you're right. We've got to take the... Like, real life is going to happen around us regardless of whether we want to sit and look at mushrooms all day. Why well, mushrooms? I, Why uh, mushrooms? I hate mushrooms. <laughs> I absolutely hate them. They're disgusting. They don't belong in any food ever. <laughs> if you ro- roast mushrooms, you don't need to be in my life. Just get out. Anyway, too personal. Carry on. Um, no, I don't know. Like... It sounds really good, and this is my gripe, and this is why I'm so pessimistic, because I involve myself so heavily in social media with what I do. It's just, you see all these quotes, and just be you, and and you should be authentic to yourself, but um, you can't deny the fact that it doesn't matter what sort of room, like, Dan and I literally met at 7pm tonight. Yeah, and it's Um, it's now 8.19, and we've been recording for about an hour, so... So let's go for two. Waffling on. Um, That's okay. It's good stuff. Carry on. (laughs) Um, I'm guaranteeing we're changing lives right here. Um, (laughs) Hashtag Tony Robbins. Um, So, like, I didn't know Dan before, and I'm like, I put on a bit of a... Like, I I wouldn't say bravado, but, like, whenever you meet someone, you sort of... You have your guard up and stuff like that, so this whole, like, be you, like, to use that specific example, doesn't work. And these, like, you know, just take it as it comes, blah, blah, like these broad sweeping statements that you see in social media, they don't work in real life. You need to have that bit of practicality mm. because real life still happens. Mm-hmm. Like, like exactly, the perfect example is you and people, how they go like, oh, he's in holidays for six months a year. Like, nah, he works like 12 hour days for like six months a year and then he gets four weeks off once every seven years. If someone offered that to me, he'd be like, well, I'm yeah, good, no, but thanks. nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Thanks. Um, yeah. So, like, I think... People yeah, have the you, same you, you gripe about teachers and, yeah. like, have the same gripe about someone that might, you know, the fly-in, fly-out workers that work two weeks on and two weeks off. And like, I was having this conversation with um, a couple of the boys, like, Nick Petro and, mm. and Gratz, about, like, they both live such different lifestyles. Like, Nick's a... Uh, he's been on the podcast. He's a um, stock trader. What's that called again? Stock trader. Whatever. He trades stock late at night and Gratz... Just call him the wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and and Gratz pumps it at work for two weeks at a time and then has two weeks off. Yeah. Yeah. Like these could, like similar to you guys, two completely different lifestyles, but they work for those two and, they, and like that's where they're at now and like you two are the same. Like, And I guess I'm very similar to you in terms of Rock up to work every day, spend all day at work, go home, 
Um, so your old days, like sixteen hours, mine's like seven and a half, <laughs> an hour and a half. Yeah, but break, it's, so. it's, it's a bit different. I drink a lot, of, a lot of coffee, so it keeps me going. But like Dan, you're, like your Use days, common folk five for five percent off. Check out. <laughs> <laughs> they genuinely sponsor the podcast, kind of. They sponsor me, so. Um, but like that, like I think the. Like back to your question, you ask so many different people. It depends on the person so much that we try and look for that meaning of life or that answer for why everything happens. And it's just everything's a little bit different. I think if you can find what your what your why is and chase it, and sometime some somehow monetize it to put a roof over your head, whether it's you know. Dan spending six months of the year at Hotham and a couple of months in Japan and a couple of and a month or two with with all his mates that he leaves behind for six months of the year. Mm, mm. Half kidding. Mm. Um, or whether it's like Ed pumping out three, like three or four years being a salesman so that he can get Human Happiness Project off the ground or if it's me kind of going, you know what, I've gotten like when I was 23 and selling Virtus with Jesse, we had like no risks. Like we were kind of just like, well, fuck, what's the worst that can happen? like we end up back where we are now with no gym so everyone's got to find their own spot and whether and I'm not naive enough to think that you know your mum of three um, has the same risks as a 19 year old coming out of high school or a 23 year old coming out of uni but I am probably one of the I guess romantics that think that if you follow what you love you'll eventually figure out and land on something that you want to do and like like to use someone that hopefully will listen to the podcast and hopefully she'll enjoy this shout out, like bridge to see her go from doing what a job that she didn't love doing. And like, you know, bridge pretty well. Oh, it's been amazing. What she's done. Yeah. Obviously. Going from a job she didn't love doing and coming in like upset on a number of days and us talking about like, what do you want to do? And to see her go from like step one, step two, step three, step four to be accepted into the, like kind of a, what we she'd probably say was a dream uni course she's followed the things she loves but she doesn't have all that extra stuff to, to necessarily but the, but the reason why she's so it's so when I see that and it makes me so happy because um, Bridget and I worked together and I saw how she was at work yeah. and to see her actually make that step and that's the difference like people don't take that step and again it comes out of that practicality it doesn't make me feel good about myself or about life in general to drop my current job and then chase my project full time yeah it doesn't that doesn't line up with me but yeah you know it's just about sort of chasing down what you want and I think there's you know you can get real anxiety with making a decision but it you sort of got to work out if that anxiety is like overwhelming you enough with the indecision because there can be anxiety with indecision 100% um so it's it's yeah I don't know for the people that do go out and do it like fucking props to you but I honestly I could never do it like 100% do you, like and do you think you could never do it because you tell yourself you'd never do it or you just know yourself well enough to know that that's not for me? It's, it's conflicting goals. As much as I'd like to say, yeah, I go around and talk to people because I do have goals about talking to young men about their role in society and yep. you know, talking to people about life and things like that because like, um, I keep coming back to this, but it's one of the spheres that I involve myself so heavily in social media. It's, it's toxic. It is one of the most like amazing tools that we've come up with. Yeah. But, like, I think a lot of people use it as a source of external validation. And I think, like, the biggest battle that we have as individuals, especially when we're sort of teething through a growth process, is you want external validation. 
and it's more to confirm the fact that you're going on the right path because whether you want to admit it or not, like we are social creatures. Yeah. You can't get away from that. Um, you know, like you always want to be moving forward, but at the same time you can't get past the idea of whether it's you're moving forward in a way that people approve of friends, family, whoever it might be, colleagues sort of thing. Like, and to be able to, um, like whether they said it's your face or not, I'm sure there's people that sort of said that opening a gym wasn't a good idea because there's 10,001 gyms on the peninsula itself. Yeah. yeah. And there's all these big chains that you're coming up against. But like, um, you know, like I've had plenty of people kind of say like, I don't know how you do what you do. And then mm-hmm. like my response to that, and not necessarily directly, like it depends on the person who's like, I don't know how you sit at a desk for eight hours a day and then go home and play Xbox and watch Netflix and then do it all again tomorrow. Like, But do the people then, that ask you that, do they, do they work, are they passionate about their job? Because then they probably well, understand that lot, you work, then yeah. you have 16 hour days. Like, I know you get the break in the yeah. middle of the day, but your whole work day is 16 hours or whatever it might Yeah, that break doesn't really exist anymore. I just come out yeah. here and do work. So like people go like, I don't know how you work but 16 I, hours But I don't a day. feel like I'm working. Like, yeah. And that's the... I guess the magical thing that everyone's probably looking for is that feeling of being able to... Like, I wake up in the morning and go to bed at night, and yes, I have good days and bad days, but I genuinely do what I want to do in between. Like, whether it's coaching, whether it's business development stuff, whether it's talking to my staff, whether it's, you know, going down the beach, hanging out for a couple of hours or an hour or half an hour or getting, Mm. you know... 15 coffees a day common folk shout out 5% off like it, do, like, it do, like it doesn't matter I use like consistent entry yeah like I'm gonna like tomorrow I'm gonna wake up probably super tired I'm gonna get up go coach our group training class in the morning I'm gonna go to common folk and have breakfast with 20 people who are incredibly important to me I'm gonna hang out with KB for most of the day like yes it's a weekend but that's what I'm gonna do tomorrow and like you know, Monday I'm going to work for five or six hours in the morning like with people I want to be around in an environment I want to be in and then I'm probably going to spend a couple of hours doing you know, office work and doing the stuff that I know I don't necessarily love doing but I know I need to do to help us keep moving forward and then I'm going to do the whole coaching thing again and then I'm probably going to go home and have dinner with KP and um, the guys we live with and then I'm going to wake up Tuesday morning and do it all again tomorrow but I like do it all again then but like I genuinely and like this is what I love doing I love doing that like I get home some nights after working those 16 hour days and they've you know they've become a little bit more prominent lately because I know I'm going away and I want to make sure that everything's rolling but and I just like I just don't want to talk and KP gets so annoyed because I'm just like like and I haven't been able to externally like validate or talk to her about what why that is but I get home and I'm just like I just want to talk I just want to hang out I just want to be with you and be next to you and like for me that's hap- like that ha- that's happiness or that's because I'm doing the things I want to be doing regardless whether I'm tired regardless whether I'm you know working myself to the bone like so many people tell me you need to take a day off and I guess I enjoy the feeling of working harder than I think I have to because that's but that's me like I, I love that feeling of you know most people are in bed and I'm sitting there writing something about work or most people are home from work and you know on a Friday night and we're sitting here recording a podcast which isn't necessarily for work this is more for my personal development and our personal development and the people around me but like every day I kind of I'm allowed I'm able to wake up and do the things I want to do and like I think everyone should be working towards that 
but what those things that they want to do and what that looks like is completely different for everyone. Like it's going to be completely different for you two than it is for me. So if you have to pull one thing out of that, like this whole conversation has been so complex. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome there's, to the podcast. There's, there's 5,000 different measuring sticks. Yeah, unpack it a little bit. If you have to find, if you, if you want to try to find some kind of consistency that you can sort of start to take a similar measuring stick to more people's lives, you know? Yeah. Just the three of us in this room, we're so also different to begin with. Which is cool. Um, but what gets you out of bed in the morning, what gets Ed out of bed in the morning, what gets I out of bed in the morning, what means that instead of sitting on the couch and, you know, being complacent with not doing too much with the day, you know, we get up and go and do things and all three of us have had days where we've got no motivation to do anything. Mm. You know, we don't want to go and do our job. We don't want to get up and yeah. do that list of things. We might have a list of things to do, but we don't go and do it anyway. Um, I'm interested to know what your thoughts are on positive mental attitude and the part that that plays. And, and is that yeah. something that can be, you know, how do you help? How do we help each other slash help other people find their way back to that, I guess, position in their head where you have that positive mental attitude because... And, and I kind of really wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. Well, it's so, it's so like, like for me, that posi- like finding that posi- positive mental attitude as much as you can say it's external, I think it comes from like within and, wanting, and, and consistently wanting to come back to like you being positive. If I was trying to thought a little bit there, but if you want to be like, if you want to be doing the things you want to be doing and you're constantly even the days where you're like like I wake up some mornings and it's been more prevalent lately because I've been working a little bit harder and I haven't been filling my cup as much but if you wake up some mornings at you know half an hour before you need to be at work and you're just like I am so tired I feel like my eyes are going to fall out of the back of my head my kind of go-to is just get up just get out of bed just get to work and then I like and there's extroverts and there's introverts I'm probably more towards the extrovert side sometimes I need my quiet time and me time but I'm more towards the extrovert side in that I get a lot of energy from other people so if I'm you know like dragging myself out of bed eyes falling out of my head and I can get to work that's the battle kind of won for me because then I might have a coffee or I might have a so glass of water. What's the quote? Like 90% of the battles are showing up. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. And and then I am able to know that, the you know, the 5, 6, 10, 12, 15, 17 people that are coming in for VGT or our group training that morning, they're going to expect someone that's full of energy and up and about and ready to go. And even if I'm not that for the first five minutes, their energy kind of fuels me. And the mornings that I'm the tightest, I tend to you know, look back at 7 a.m. after I've done my first hour of the day and be more energized than I am when I bounce out of bed. And I find that I get my, my energy from other people. And my mantra, like I'm you know, obviously fairly big on self-reflection, so I've written a mantra for me that the days where I don't feel great, I try and write it down at the start of the day. It's show up, smile, and make a difference. Like, it's just that. Like, if I show up and I smile and I'm able to make a difference in someone's life between 6 a.m. and 7 a.m., the whole day, like, I've got, you know, 12, 14, 15 more hours at work to be able to keep compounding on that. Mm. And that ability to have that positive self-talk of just get out of bed and that action drives motivation, 
that's kind of what allows me to do that. So like that underlying theme, like for me, that I that really pops his head out there that I think you can draw a comparison between everyone regardless of where they are, what they value, things like that. Mm-hmm. In this like most simple form is just doing something. Yeah. Just that idea of doing something. And if yeah. it can be something that that is maybe a little bit productive, that's good too because that yeah. gives you fulfillment yeah. and then that links back to that whole happiness thing. Sense of achievement, like you said before, like going to the ATM going to the pharmacy going to the post office like how simple are those three things one of my favourite like I'm big on YouTube in terms of motivation I'll ask you two about a question about motivation in a minute but it's it's someone in the Australian Defence Force talking about the importance of making a bed and the importance of like the first thing you do in the oh, morning. Yeah, I know the smooth. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. It moves you towards whatever you want to achieve, and it's like that whole the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Oh, it definitely has a flow-on effect, and it's exactly the same if you're being lazy piece of shit like me yesterday watching Netflix. <laughs> if you're there, I don't know. We have like um, obviously the comfort zone is very, very important. Like not important, but it's very uh, attractive. Because oh, you know, man, everyone's got their voice in their head to say go oh, home, don't go, don't go to work, or but it's sleep about in. Overriding, overriding things. So I'm quite um, analytical in the way I think. I need to break down the psychology of it all. Yeah. To sort of make sure it to, for it to make sense to me. That's why motivational quotes and stuff like that don't really do it for me. So my favourite person in the world at the moment is Jordan Peterson, um, who's really good at breaking down the science. Of Mate, he's but so like he's ridiculously. He hurts smart. my brain sometimes. I don't even understand what he's saying most of the time. But, um, yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting... Motivation is a really interesting thing. Yeah. Um, and like you said, I think people get that the wrong way around. That, and I'm pretty sure you put this in the group, Verge group or something like that. I've seen it from you somewhere, but that a lot of people think that motivation drives action, but it's actually action that drives motivation. Which that's, is why that's, that's written on our wall at, at the gym. Like maybe that's where I've seen it, but yeah. it's just, you know, and that's why the things like making your bed, and that's actually something weirdly enough, because for me, for a long time, I thought, like, what, what the fuck's the difference? I'm just, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and the bed's still going to be messy, but it does <laughs> make it there. No, there is like a weird sense of pride when you come home and your room's clean and your bed's made and stuff like that, and weirdly enough, I. Like a, I don't know if it's like a, just a mental thing, but like a doodle that's laid there flat all day and yeah. made, you know, getting into it feels better than yeah. a doodle that's just like kind of fucking. Can I just jump in there for one moment? It kind of breaks, it kind of breaks the that rule of doing things for other people. Because why why do we make our bed? Why did we initially make our bed? Because our parents told us to. <laughs> Yeah. That wasn't a decision, you know. Oh, did, I don't know. But I have you spoken been... about having to make your bed because it's part of your job with the. No, uh, we haven't. We haven't. But like that, and yes, like for the people that are in the defence force and the navy and the you know marines and stuff like that, like that's the first thing they have to do in the yeah. morning. But yeah. I think, but the reason that's the first thing they have to do in the morning is because that sets up their whole day. Yeah. And like, here's a. Uh, a shock horror for you. I don't actually make my bed in the morning because KP is always still in it when I get up. So what I do is I try and I try and make sure that I tuck it in on my side and then roll over to her, like go around her side and tuck her in and give her a kiss you goodbye. Do. Like every morning I'll give her a kiss goodbye and like as a like little thing, like I try and always, every now and again, I try and kiss her goodbye because it always wakes her up regardless of whether she wants it or not. Then I leave 
And then just before, like, as I walk out the door, I stop. I come back, give her another kiss because it always makes her happy. So little tidbit for you guys there. Try it. Give the old double, double, double penny. Mate, game change. Game change. Game change. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like that, I think like from a military point of view, like that's the reason why they do that. And one of the books, like the, I think the book I just finished reading was Leaders Eat Last by Simon, Simon Sinek, which you would have probably read, Ed. It's, uh, it talks about how the, and I think this is probably the most important thing, and like we've gone off track a little bit talking about being a leader, but I think everyone's a leader in some aspect. And the Leaders Eat Last thing is talks about the, um, the Marines, that the all of the guys that are at the top will, will literally when they have lunch for the day or dinner or whatever they'll eat last they'll wait till everyone else has eaten until they eat and I think that really really simple premise of the people that you're trying to lead you put them before you at all times whether it's you know friends or staff or you know fellow people doing something or whether it's you know your family if you've got a couple of little kids you put them before you then you make sure they're okay then you can look after yourself and that, in my head, that system of looking after them ensures that you're going to be able to look after yourself later because when you need their help for whatever it is, whether it be kids or whether it be, you know, your partner or whether it be your friends or whether it be your staff, they're able to come like come back around and help you down the track and you know that everyone's going to have everyone's back. Mm. And I think that's, I don't know, I don't know what, what tangent I just went on then, but that's kind of like the the premise for if I can help people around me and help people improve whatever they're doing, then they're going to come back to me with, hey, why don't you try this? Or why don't you do this? We're just going to improve my life, which is the whole, like for me, that's the whole point. Energy flow. Yeah. (laughs) That's actually really interesting because if you think about that, when you think about people that, um, the difference between people investing time and effort into people and the people that don't is the people that don't and look at the past. Like Lockie didn't do this for me and Lockie didn't do that for me. Whereas you're looking at it as, as if I do this for them, they might be able to help me. Not necessarily relying on that ego, but they might need to help me. Oh, yeah. I might need their help somewhere down the line. That's yeah. really interesting. Like I was, just, I literally just popped into my head in terms of like, and again, it's a positive versus negative sort of mindset. Like are you thinking like, oh, you know, what's his face didn't do this for me when I asked him to, so I'm not going to help him now. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, well, well I, I pay you twenty bucks for doing this uh, podcast, and, and Dan goes, "What the fuck? Why didn't I get twenty bucks?" And then you. You haven't told Dan about that, have you? No, I haven't. <laughs> and then afterwards, you go, "Hey, Dan, do you want to come out for burgers? I got twenty bucks to play with." Like you're gonna look after him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But that's like the simplest. I don't know. Thought in terms of helping someone else that as soon as. I think it's a, a Louis C.K. quote, which I don't know if I should be quoting Louis C.K. Wow, that's after, dangerous. After everything that's happened just, in the last, yeah, wow, okay. everything's happened in the last couple okay. of couple why of weeks. Why don't you just but quote One of his answer. things is <laughs> maybe I will. Like you should never look into your like neighbor's bowl to see if they've got more than you. You should always just look into your neighbor's bowl to see if they have enough. Yeah, and like that's. I don't know the really really simple quote. I've said I don't know like fifteen times in the last minute and a half. But I don't that's yeah. I don't know either. <laughs> That's a really simple quote for me in terms of we never know everyone's story and we never know what's going on kind of behind the the facade of social media or just talking to someone. So if we can do something that helps the people around us daily and 
weekly and monthly or we can add a little bit of value to their lives, then they're going to be better off for it. And that flow-on effect, the flow of energy, as Dan would explain, is one of his theories on living. You're able to create that positive growth throughout everyone around you. And then your tribe gets better and then they, they... influence the people around them and then next thing you know the world's a better place which I don't know I'm sure you guys are probably similar that's like if you beat down to it you keep asking yourself why you do what you do it's probably just to make the world a better place mm. and to make me feel mm. like I have a spot alright mm. yeah I think what's uh, one thing to recognise um, is that the, the the premise or the idea of doing something for someone else or doing a task or doing a favour or that that you know that kind of sends energy out and it's going to come back to you. The idea of it can be that well, lucky I'm gonna I'm gonna lift ten boxes from here to there over a few, and then in two weeks' time I need help with something. And yeah, you're then gonna repay me for that. It's not. It it doesn't need to be sort of pigeonholed into that. Uh, you know, in a task of doing something, but it can also just be giving your time in a completely different way. Mm. And I think. Uh, you mentioned to me earlier how yourself and Ed met, and uh, <laughs> yeah, one would one would think. So the two of you went to university together. Is that correct? Yeah, we yeah, did. We did. So yeah, you know, you could yeah, you could have studied together. You could have met. No, we met twelve UDLs deep day two of uni games. I think. Yeah. So you you, you made a, you made a relationship <laughs> and a connection just through starting a fun friendship, not doing anything that had any work purpose or career purpose. You know, yeah. that you had. All the, all the hours and days that you spent at university that you could have helped each other and done things for each other, it was just in a social setting. Mm. Um, and giving that time and going, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hang out with this person, I'm going to you know, have a good time with this person, that's, that's giving. That's, yeah. you, know, you gave that in some sense. And you know, now you're sitting here recording a podcast talking about really meaningful things. But one of the most like, basic things you can give someone is your time. Yeah. And whether it's stop on the side of the road to fix, a, fix someone's tyre that's dysfunctioned or whether it's, you know, spending 12 hours over 12 weeks with one person for an hour each week working on something they want to work towards because that's your job or whether it's, you know, whatever it is. If you're able to have that passion around, you know what, my next hour, yes, it's incredibly valuable to me, but I feel as I can add value to someone else, then you're kicking goals. Like, like you've always been someone that's very incredibly, uh, incredibly, um, Good with your time. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. That was amazing. I'm glad we waited for that. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Incredibly it's generous with your time. Generous is the word I was looking for there. I apologise. Incredibly generous with your time, and and that I think so many people don't value the importance of their time and the importance of other people's time. And I think as soon as you start valuing the time what time you spend like so many people think they don't have time we've got a, we've all got 168 hours in a week why are some people able to you know barely like struggle on seven week payments and why are some people able to be able to create billions and billions of dollars of wealth from what they do because they spend their time doing different things I think if we're able to take that 160 hours we've got and put a chunk of it towards other people's happiness and improving the value that we give to other people then the world's going to be a better place and like I know we've kind of gone around a circle but I think that's 
inherently why we all do what we do. Like that's like Ed, is that why you do the Human Happiness Project? Because you want to unpack I just want to be it really and you want rich. What's that? I just want to be really rich. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but no, no it I don't is, think that's going to make a make a difference in my happiness. Like I see some people that are incredibly wealthy that like look like seem miserable from the outside, and I see some people that like barely scrape enough to put food on the table that seemingly are the happiest people that I know. So does that? Like wealth is obviously the first thing that we're taught in a capitalist society, and it's the first thing that we're told is this is what success is. It's making you know eighty k plus a year and making sure that we have two kids and a white picket fence and a house and we're able to pay for all that. But you know, where does it stop? It doesn't, does it? That's the thing. You always, you always told to want more. And I'm going to totally segue this because as much as I'm interested, I've been itching to ask Dan a question. And this is one of the Good. questions ask I ask, hey. ask in my interviews. Um, what's purpose and meaning to you in your life? Because I know Lockie's thing and we had a bit of a talk about what he does and what he... Obviously, we all know it because he manifests it every day in his life. But what's purpose and meaning to you in your life? Purpose and meaning. Mm-hmm. What brings meaning to your life or what gives you purpose? While Dan thinks about this, it's difficult. Great to, question. It's difficult. <laughs> it's, it's such a difficult question to answer uh, without feeling like you're running the risk of pumping your own tires. Pump, mate. Load Have up. you heard Lucky this whole podcast? Pump. <laughs> That's the whole point. Uh, Pump your tires so that you can drive to somewhere to help someone else. Yeah, you see how I saved it. Wow, that was good. I don't want to say it. That was really well done. Uh, Puns, puns don't hold the meaning in my life as what they do in <laughs> Lachlan's life. True. Um, I, I'm going to bring that down to what gives me kicks in life because that's kind of what means things to me. And that would be feeling fulfilled and feeling as though I'm doing something meaningful. And that's um, fulfillment I mean, too. Yeah, fulfillment. fulfillment <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I'll I personally... The Hey. I'll chase this to the end of the year. Alright, okay. Alright, I'll give it a go. Um, right. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I love, I love putting a smile on someone's face. There we go. Um, there we go. <laughs> because it puts a smile back on my face. For, you know, every, you know, every selfish reason in the world, I want to be happy and I want to be enjoying what I'm doing and, you know, we've only got X amount of days on this earth and, I've spent enough of those days being, you know, down in the dumps as we all have, or, you know, questioning what you're doing or being down on it. And, uh, that's just wasted time. And if you, if I can spend as many days as possible having a smile on my face, how do I get that? Help other people have a smile on their face. I just get things done. I move forward in some way, shape or form. Maybe just maybe I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But then also there's the aspect of the, it's something I've thought about lately is that none of us know what we should be doing anyway. Um, in this room, like we all think that we've got it, you know, we've got our stuff together, you know. For now. Maybe you guys. Why don't we <laughs> 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 No, not at all, you know, like in our own ways, like I'm, you know, I get to, I get to snowboard, you know, more days in a year than I ever dreamed that I would have. And, you know, Lockie's, having a positive impact on so many different people in so many different ways and but also building his, his own success for himself and and, and eating a lot of chocolate 
You're, you're building away. I, I can't really like exaggerate this enough. I don't get to eat any chocolate, guys. Yeah, <laughs> don't become this house rat. It's a trap. <laughs> but um, I, I don't think. I don't know how many sales reps there would be that would also dedicate a big chunk of their life to trying to do something meaningful and purposeful uh, to try and understand themselves, but to try and help other people understand themselves as well. And maybe, and this is a big part of my philosophy in teaching and in life, like it's that whole, that whole big idea that, oh man, the world's so big, there's so many problems, there's so many issues, why even bother? I'm only going to be a ripple in the water. It's going to make no difference. I'm, I may as well not even bother. Yeah. You're not going to go and make everyone in the world happy. Yeah. I'm not going to educate, you know, I'm not going to put a brilliant attitude and a brilliant mind and a brilliant yeah. co- set of brilliant course in every single kid's mind. Um, but maybe there's a handful and that's like, that's a win. On yeah, it. yeah and, that, and that's exactly what I was talking about before but we get caught up with I want to be the next like Bill Gates or I want to be the next like whatever it is the biggest person in that sort of field that they're looking to go into and then they go because of social media and stuff they want to reach like a billion people but you know the real I think the real effective change comes from changing one person's life in a genuine way mm. rather than making a passing comment which is what most of social media is on one person every day like I think if you can honestly sit down on your deathbed and go like I changed the life of one person in a genuine way then as far as I'm concerned that's a life well lived mate that's spot on so like I don't think people get caught up in that trap they go like I want to you know I want to save the world but you know say, it doesn't have to be the world it can just be your world so you don't need it you don't need to help 10,000 people you can you can help 10 people that might be your immediate family you know, and you can pull them out. And that's where the validity of working 80 hours a week comes in. You could you could pull your... Like, my dad came of a very, very low-class, borderline, middle-class, like, very borderline middle-class family. And he sort of, through his hard work and work ethic, he's dragged the people that he cares most about into a lifestyle that most people would be very jealous of. And that, if you take a whole world into perspective, like, it's the top 1% of the world. Mm. And, like, so... You know, it's it's not about affecting change in the whole world. Like I just said, it's it's about affecting change in your world. Yeah, that's huge. To finish off, I got a bunch of questions for you. <clears throat> I usually ask certain questions, but I've uh, <clears throat> curated a few questions on the conversation we've had thus far. Here we go. And I want a short answer, mm. and I'm going to alternate who starts so that you guys steal each other's answers because I know you will. First question: do, do things happen for a reason? Life is chaos, so no. <laughs> Dan? Um, I'm a scientific, factually-minded person, so I believe in random. Good. <clears throat> Question two, and this was uh, sprouted by one of the things Dan said before, but where do we go when we die? Where do we go when we die? Mm. Um, I need one short answer. <laughs> <laughs> you need to choose your questions more wisely. Um, I like short answers to deep questions. Yeah. Uh, short answer. If we get cremated, we go into the ground. If we get buried, we go into the ground a little bit slower. Um, and then we just join back in with the... Uh, energy. Energy process. Edward? Evan, strict, strict Christian. Aren't you? 
No, not really. I, I, I actually agree with that. It's like sort of like the Buddhist ideal, but taking physics take, you're like the atoms that compose you join back into the universe and eventually they'll manifest into a different body Good. at some point. Because science says so. I'm very, very, very sim- similar to Edward. <clears throat> what would you do with your life if money was no option? I think I'd do what I do with the project. But like, I don't know, if you asked me five years ago, I'd probably buy a Lamborghini and a big house and... Drive really fast. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Dana? Um, I wouldn't... I wouldn't change a great deal. I would... Um, Which is cool. How many I, people can say that? I would, I would make a... I'd use the time that I spend working for money to look after my life, probably trying to implement... implement a lot of the ideas and new changes I have in our education system. Yeah. Cool. I like it. What's the difference between motivation and discipline? Motivation and discipline. Mm. Um, motivation. Can you please add? Discipline is a foundation built on motivation is fleeting. Do you think motivation can be used something positive? Like you mentioned Tony Robbins before. And, and I have a real love for that kind of motivation, but at the same time, I understand how fleeting it is. Do you I, think, th- I think it sounds good. I don't <laughs> think it has any practicality in real life. You, but, you, there's, there's literally, they've done studies on the actual effectiveness of these things, and they drop to about 1% after a year. In yep. terms of adherence to the goals that people set that go to these seminars, one year later, 1% of them actually stuck to those goals. The things that get things done in real life and it doesn't, you know, you, you can see this everywhere, like you with your gym, it's, it's discipline that gets things done. Yeah, and like anyone, like from a business point of view or a goal setting point of view, if you do the little things well every day, then you're going to get to where you want to get to. But like we spoke about before, good shit takes time. So like if you think something's going to take six months, it's a good chance it's going to take 12 or 18 months. Like if we're able to bring ourselves back to the longer term, you'll achieve all the shit you want. Last question. If you have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would they be and why? This is all Dan first. Dinner with three people? Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm very envious of people that have very close and tight families. Um, I'd go with my mum, my dad and my brother. Awesome. Um, yeah, because I don't even need it because that's just what, yeah, that's the first three people that come to my head. Perfect answer. Jordan Peterson, Jason Silver, and Neil deGrasse Tyson. Who's Jason Silver? <laughs> he's a philosopher and he's a self-proclaimed wonder junkie. Mm. And honestly, check him out because he's the fucking greatest thing that's ever happened on YouTube. Am I getting Shot, on Shots of all. Um, he just talks about sort of the same things that I talk about. Um, and I met him a week ago for wow. a surprise present from my mum for my birthday. He's just fucking amazing. He talks about life. To when you met? Death. Oh, the, uh, that was, so that was the guy you went and saw the other yeah, one. Yeah, and he's fucking, I don't know, he just has this amazing zest for life that is so motivating and so it's just fucking but motivating. motivation's fleeting, mate. Well, it is fleeting because <laughs> I see him and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And then I go back to watching The Punisher on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Do you guys have anything more to add? Uh, something that I mean we clearly don't have time to talk about today um, oh mate we got um, all the time um, in the world 
Oh, maybe that's not. It's quite late. I don't know where to be. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lie. Uh, I would I would love to continue a conversation with you Ed, about what you've seen in in, in the way that the whether you've interviewed people um, and your opinions uh, on. For my own sake, and what I can implement in the future, what schools could potentially be doing better to prepare people to look at their lives and go, hey, maybe I'll go in that direction, hey, maybe I'll go in that direction, that's more up to date with the world that we live in now. You're 100% right. Yeah, I love it. I was sitting here, I was like, yeah. I want to talk about this, but I deliberately didn't bring it up because it's just, like a five yeah. hour conversation. So maybe we can do round two. And we can definitely do round two. Yeah. But we just like, to, for a really simple answer, we need to have more options available and for them to be socially accepted as options. Like if you want to go be a social media entrepreneur, go nuts. If you want to go do a trade when you're in year 10, go nuts. If you want to like go to uni, like we're told that we all have to go nuts. Like there's so many different ways to achieve and you look at all the successful people in the world and I've got a, I've got a list on my computer and like it's kind of a mind map where I write, where I watch a lot of videos from certain people that I look up to and I write the things that make them successful none of it's because I sat there at uni for four years and listened to people that may not have necessarily experienced all this stuff that they're trying to teach so yeah I don't know that's my thought on it but I I feel as though that is a, a whole other podcast yeah in big itself time. big time boys thank you very much thank you thanks Ed thanks for coming back on Daniel thanks for uh, popping your Roped in very last Your podcast, mm-hmm. podcast cherry. Mm-hmm. Very good. Offered me a meatball and I offered you a place on the podcast. So cheers to you all. It's going to see it needs to be. <laughs> <laughs>